Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode two hundred and forty. That's two four zero. It's the ENS Wolves podcast. I'm your host Nathan Judah. I'm delighted to be joined by Liam Keane. Finally, uh, it's a Monday, Liam. I'm off. You're off. But we're still doing a podcast because we love Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club. That we do, uh, and we almost weren't even doing it today. Fucking no. <laughs> it's been a bit of a nightmare start to the to Monday morning. Um, I need to get a fly. I'm, I'm in London all week. Obviously, we've got two games Thursday and Sunday. Uh, this doesn't this doesn't do do too much to change the the complexion that people might think that um, I I lead a lavish lifestyle from time to time. But I'm staying at the Ritz tonight um, with the missus, and uh, we've got a check in at three o'clock. This is a vouch that we've had to use. Uh, it's been like two years in the in the making. I've had to put it back and put it back with COVID and stuff. So we've got to use it, otherwise we're going to lose it. Uh, so we're using it on a Monday on a Monday night, a uh, little, little Monday night soiree and uh, and dinner at the Ritz, which should be fun. Um, and uh, I pick my laptop up uh, to to record the podcast, get it out of the way, get it done, uh, feel good factor, and yeah, big crack in my screen. And and hey presto, I've got to now go and make a two hour detour into the office to try and get a laptop screen repaired before Thursday night. So could have done without that start to the day. Yeah, it's it's been um, an interesting start i've uh you know i was ready to go get mm. get, get the message to uh to call me off mm. i think i've got the morning to myself and you call me yeah. back in again yeah but you love it mate you love it you know, know. i, will, I wouldn't have it either way you, i mean all, you, all you're going to do during the day is stare at the table and, and dream of, of what is to come so you know might as well talk about it while we're here well actually i was gonna head to the gym but oh wow okay okay well i'm still going don't worry some of us have already been to the gym at six thirty this morning. You know, we've already got our already got our, our push session out of the way. So um, maybe maybe that was maybe it was I didn't realize my own strength. Maybe I picked the laptop up, mate, <laughs> and just just that just those fingers just went straight through straight through that screen. It's definitely nothing to do with strength. If we're talking about you. <laughs> I um, must admit, I got back last night, and you know, you only struggle to switch off from a holiday. Like from an eating point of view, you need like you, you really work harder than you kind of cut carbs and you you do everything and then you then you get you get you get uh, a week away and then you eat a lot and then you have that come down. And you can't quite get back into the back into the 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 old regime. So I've started today, but the last week I, I've been eating everything. Honestly, got back last night, bit of a nibble. I was like, oh, what do I fancy? I really fancy something. You know, when you want to pick something up, you want to drive through. I'm obsessed with. Um, chicken and sweet corn soup from the Chinese love it so I went, went there last night what two chicken and sweet you, corn soups they love me mate two chicken and sweet corn soups and some crispy seaweed for £9.40 what a, what, what a result I'm not keeping them afloat am I but had that mate last night watched a little bit of TV oh, I, was, I was honestly stick a fork in me done <laughs> done done chicken and sweet corn soup oh it's delicious mate but Chinese chicken and sweet Crikey. corn soup for people who like a Chinese very underrated Part of the menu that for me is is up there with up there with goat items that you wouldn't normally expect. Magnificent. What is wrong with you, man? I'll tell you what, though. I mean, you, don't don't ever go away for a week. I can't say this because she's she's next door. <laughs> don't ever go away for a week with the boys and come back and they ask and say, "What did you have a good time? Hope you had a good time." Don't respond with. It was one of the best weeks of my life because <laughs> oh, because no. because it's never going to go down well, and I didn't really think about it. But yeah, it's not it's not a good situation. You don't want to do that. Please don't. You don't want to do that. Yeah, because they they want they want uh, they want you to have a good time, but at the not same time, good. exactly, exactly. So obviously that was apart from 
wedding day and honeymoon and all sorts, you know. That was obviously a great day, but yeah, don't say it was the best week of your life. It's not it's not a good situation. <laughs> Just, just, a, just a word of warning, you know. You, I, I, I'm married now for seven years, so it's, it's fine. But you know, when you when you're living with the Mrs. Kino, when you when you're just on the, on the verge of proposing and, and and having two or three children, that's when you need to really uh, knuckle down, mate, and say the right things. Just a word of word of word of warning to you. I tell you what, I'm going to switch the narrative up here. She, you know, that's a real prison sentence for her. Seven years. She's, she, you know, she's, <laughs> she's ten years. It's job. ten years. Ten, ten years altogether. Seven, seven, ten years together, and, and, and seven years, seven years of marriage, mate. I tell you what, she is, you know, she's doing God's work. She's one lucky lady. One (laughs) lucky lady. that far. Hey, listen, she bought me a fantastic top. I got got a stick for the game yesterday. A little nice salmon number. Ridiculous. People weren't happy with me in the press room, rocking out a bit of pink. My little Snoopy Lacoste top. I don't know what what people's issue was. Well, you know, you would have figured out people's issue had you looked in the mirror before you left. Wow. And, 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 you know, rocked up to Molyneux and something a bit more appropriate. I, I had uh, I had lunch with Mr Hatfield uh, before the game yesterday and uh, and he, he was he was loving it mate he was loving it but maybe he was just like oh please tell me he's gonna wear it to um to to Molyneux which I did and yeah I took my jacket off and uh, I think the uh, the uh, the shop the shop floor of the media room was floored uh, absolutely stunned uh, but you know hey I, I'm 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 a, I'm a metro man I, I I can pull off pink mate so it, it's all it's all good in the hood. Talking about uh, Hatfield and his replacement, latest uh, latest update from Charles uh, Drury oh, no. oh, is uh, no. last week it was a uh, uh, last last podcast we actually which was on Thursday was it was played seventeen one one update to that played eighteen one one with a with a two 0 defeat at Luton Town on Saturday so Mr Drury is now is now one for eighteen and driving to Middlesbrough on Tuesday night so oh, welcome to sports journalism. And I tell you what, it's not just the the one win in eighteen; it's the mm. number of losses as well. Oh, yeah, it's out of those eighteen, is it what? 14 I think he's won one, drawn five, lost twelve. Lost I 12. mean, blimey, that's two sackings. That is two sackings. The manager's well, not lasting that, mate. There might be a, there might be a third if Jury carries on. Oh, he's on his way, mate. He's on his way. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's um, let, let's move on. Let's move on to Wolves. It's not going to be it's not going to be a super long podcast today. And I know I say this, but it, it literally isn't because I've got to get to Queen Street to, uh, to to deliver my laptop. So we're looking at a fifty minute podcast. We debated about going on Friday, but we thought Friday to Sunday. Let's let's do it now. And you know, it's obviously a great time to be a Wolves fan. And then you can listen to it for until until Thursday night. So you've got a little bit more playback time before it before it becomes old. So um, Liam, uh, we we talked on the video yesterday, but just a little bit of a recap. Uh, a very strange game and a game we don't often see too much at Molyneux so open I would say that probably I was trying to think back to the last game which was maybe a similar game um, and and I, I keep coming back with the Leeds at home game might have been last season where it was very very open and an enjoyable watch and I think for a lot of people that was um, that was the key factor is that it was um, incredibly enjoyable um, albeit albeit nervy at times plenty of times uh, and Wolves were a little bit too open, but I think actually the way we put it, the way everybody talked after the, talked after the game, the way Bruno talked after the game, actually I thought Ruben Neves um, put it best uh, when he was interviewed and said the mentality got us through, the mentality mm. got us that win yesterday. And I think that's exactly what it was because it was a 50-50 game. Um, I think Wolves shaded the first half. I think Leicester definitely were the better side in the second half. And yet it was mentality, I think, um, of that and the strength of that mentality of that Wolves team that got them over the line in the end for what could be a crucial win when you look back at the end of this season. 
crucial is the is the exact word I'd have used. It was vital, wasn't it, as well? Mm. Um, similar yeah, word, <laughs> very similar, but both <laughs> both accurate. Um, look, it was a it was proper football afternoon, you know, early evening, wasn't it? With uh, you know the rain coming down or mm. battling the elements. Two very good football insides, uh, and credit to Leicester. You know, I won't go bang on too much about them, but I thought tactically they were pretty. Oh, well, you saved your video for that. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah, I'm a Leicester fan now. Who's Villa fan? Now it's Leicester fan. You can pick, take your pick. Um, I thought tactically they were spot on. Uh, to be fair, and you know, on another on another day they've got something out of that game. But um, bang on with the the mentality that Neves is talking about, and, and you just mentioned that. It's something that Bruno talks about so regularly in the press mm. conferences, and, and sometimes the the message can get a little bit blurred or you know saturated because you hear it so often. Um, yeah. But this is genuinely what they're doing at the training ground. They are hammering this message into into the players, and it's all about you know looking at not not looking at yourselves as an underdog. You know, take again. I'll use this from the last uh, podcast as well. The Arsenal loss uh, recently. Bruno said to the players at halftime, "We are a better team. We have better players than them." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now they obviously they didn't go on and get a result, but that's the kind of you know mentality he's pushing into this side every day to say, "Look, we're not. There's no underdog feeling here. We, Wolves might not be traditionally one of the top six big clubs or the so-called smaller club. I mean, we all know Wolves isn't a small club, but you know you understand what I'm saying. But there's 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 none of that here. Um, they're, they're trying to." take Wolves to that next level, both on the pitch and off it. And I think that's exactly how they got through that result. And you summed it up well. You know, you don't often come away with some gems, but sometimes you do, Judah. And oh. You summed it up well to say that, you know, on another day, last season, or the season before, Wolves have lost that game. 100%. They'd have lost that game. And I think that that's 100% accurate. They not. I don't think they'd even have got a draw. They'd have lost that game because of... Yeah, maybe a little bit of luck thrown in there. There's, you know, there certainly was a couple of opportunities that Leicester probably should have had more clinical finishing in. But overall, overall, you know, Wolves were pretty resolute for all the, you know, the the open uh, chances they were given away, particularly in the first half. But um, to to fight through and and not give away something in those final minutes when the pressure's on, that's you know the making of a of a good team. And in terms of the the context and the the outlook of the Premier League table is a very vital win because yeah. it puts them in a great position. It it, it really does, and uh, we're going to come on to that in a little bit uh, and do a little segment on, on on some of the some of the bench players as well and and what impact they had um, after after we discuss uh, the, the the main starters in the game. Uh, and the, the bit that we'll be talking about in the next five to ten minutes as well will be available on Wolves Radio, which we uh, which we um, uh, delighted to have a little partnership with. I tweeted that out uh, late uh, late on last week, uh, but basically twenty minutes from this podcast will be used on Wolves Radio worldwide. Uh, twenty minute loop of it, which uh, which is great, and delighted to work with. Uh, with Wolves and to be approached by them and, and I think it's great and uh, there's very few clubs I think and, and look Wolves content I think is second to none it's one of the best out there in the Premier League it really is uh, but fair play to them because I've worked for a lot of clubs and there's a lot of clubs that will still always only push out their own content and it's very positive and it's very nicey-nicey and, and, and you know uh, cream with a cherry on top as you would expect you can't you know you I think that's the frustrating thing, especially when I was working at Middlesbrough and, and, you know, from a fan point of view, you want to be critical, but you can't be critical uh, because that's just not the way, that's just not the way it happens, not not the way it works. So for, so for Wolves to embrace external content and then to say, look, you know, 
we are we completely understand that you're not going to be all happy all the time you know it's got to some, sometimes you, you're going to have to uh, be a little bit controversial or, or something that you say or, or some opinions that you have that are going to be negative and for them to embrace that and to put that on their own channel and to and to broadcast that out from that from you know under under the wolves masthead is 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 i think another another way why why these guys are, are second to none because that that's reality that's the world we live in you can't you know you can't sugarcoat things all the time and so fair play we'll be putting stuff on there yes hopefully it's all happy and and wolf is doing great and if they continue to win it's going to be you know it's going to be superb but there will be stuff on there that's a little bit more critical as we always have been in there nothing will be edited nothing will be will be um you know maintained or, or or changed you know to, to make it kind of like positive and i think that's like i say fair play to wolves for doing that yeah, hundred percent. I think um, a lot, a lot of fans probably think this. And I, I mentioned it fairly recently, sometime around January, that um, you put Wolves will probably, particularly with the some of the higher ups, could probably communicate a little bit more, a little bit more frequently. But something like this is, you know, almost unprecedented with a football club, particularly mm. a Premier League football club, that they're they're having, you know, local journalists and also I know they've got some, they've got talking Wolves, haven't they? Doing some mm. things with them as well. So from a fan perspective, uh, having some of their content. On their channels, I uh, think it's you know credit to Wolves really because uh, they don't have to do that. They don't have to embrace it, but they're trying to, I suppose, build their own channels and give uh, you know a realistic voice to it. Now, of course, they're not being directly critical themselves. It's coming from us and it's coming from the fans. Uh, talking Wolves, for example, but um, you know, you know, me and you, we, we we wouldn't have done it had they said to us, "Look, you have to change." Your opinion, or you have to be, and not that they ever would ask that, of course. Mm-hmm. But had they had they done, you know, we wouldn't have done it because it's not, it's not feasible for us to to see. And we know we're not getting, we're not getting paid for it, anything like that. It's not like uh, we're taking, you know, a couple of hand me downs. Although, you know, if Jeff wants to get in contact, I won't, <laughs> I won't say that. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's nice to to have a, that that open dialogue and uh, and and walls of. Um, yeah, credit to them. I think it's 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 a it's a, a brave move, but certainly a good one because it, um, it it just adds a bit of realism to to the situation. And I think we're both always always fair. You know, we play a little bit of devil's advocate with each other when we have the conversations, but um, I think we're very objective in, in the way we we approach it and and we're realistic. You know, we there's ne- it's never it's never always one hundred percent happy. It's never always one hundred one hundred percent bad. There's always nuanced and context in there. And I think we try and bring that out. So yeah, fair play to Wolves for for doing it. Uh, let's talk about um, anyway. We, we discussed the game after you know after after full time yesterday, but let's discuss them. Maybe maybe three stood out and three didn't. Uh, and your player ratings that you've uh, launched this morning, Liam. Uh, three players maybe who 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 are slightly under par. Would you say? Uh, maybe we'll go th- go through those three who who maybe uh, we've come to expect a little bit more from. And you know there were mistakes yesterday and on another day. Wolves might not have got all three points. They did. Uh, but who were three who maybe would look back at that game and think I need to maybe uh, pull my socks up uh, ahead of Thursday and Sunday? Yeah, I don't think there was any particularly um, disastrous performances. Uh, I thought, you know, I think there was some fairly consistent showings, but some of them weren't quite consistent enough, if that makes sense. I think uh, I'd, I'd first pick out Jamitinho, who I thought was a little bit off the pace, a little bit slow. Um, understandable coming back from a calf injury. Uh, so I would simply put it down to that because he's been excellent this season. Uh, I wouldn't put it down to anything other than you know, just getting back into the swing of things, really. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd go with with Matinho. Uh, Ryan Eight Nori was an interesting one because I thought going forward he was very good, had a hand in that in that winner, uh, the winning goal. But defensively he really struggled. He, he was getting quite out of position. You know the pass from Tielemans in, in between him and and Sai set up the goal. 
So, yeah, he was a little bit... I think the positional awareness was, was the big thing for him, really. He was getting caught flat, side on, getting caught with his back to the ball. So, yeah, uh, that that would have been the, the biggest issue there with him. And then, it's, I'm, well, you say three. I mean, I'm going to have to pick between these two. I'll go Den Donker. Um, interesting one with Den Donker because I, I ended up giving him a, a six on the player ratings. I think a couple of fans thought that he maybe should have been slightly higher. You know, he had, he had a hand in both goals. Didn't get a direct assist for either of them, but had a hand in both of them. Mm. And I can understand that. And, it, and I thought he had a very, very good first half an hour. I remember me and you both saying it during the game that he looked very confident, very assured, was was you know driving forward with the ball, getting into those spaces on that right-hand side. And he had a very good first half an hour. I just thought it was a little bit sloppy in that, well, the rest of the game, really. A few passes creeped in, that one that... He gave to Albrighton that he almost scored from that obviously never had to come save. And really the biggest thing for me was I felt he lost a little bit of control in midfield, um, particularly as the second half went on. And it was Neves that was having to try and wrestle control back off Tielemans and Ndidi really. That was what I felt knocked it down a little bit for him. But the, the lowest I went on the player ratings was was six. I went for for those three. also gave Kilman a six, which I won't go too far into. But um, just felt that he was a little bit flustered, a little bit below his standards. Maybe we hold him to a higher standard, which maybe is unfair because he's been so good this year, but just a little bit off it. Yeah. Um, I think Nori was a little bit op- too open for me, and I think he's been really yeah, good recently. Um, but I thought defensively, he, he like you say, he was almost, he almost regressed back to that first Ike Nori we saw, which was very good on the ball going forward, but um, definitely was susceptible. I think that Les had a lot of, a lot of joy down that Joint oh, that left hand side again, Wolves' left hand side. They're going to have to tighten up, and I wonder whether, for the likes of Arsenal and and West Ham, whether we might see Marcel come in, or do you think they will keep Ignori and, and keep that team that's done so well? Or do you think he's the most vulnerable from a position point of view? I think you look at how Ignori's come on this year, and I think he has immensely improved defensively. I mean, he pocketed Mo Salah. At Molyneux for that game, you know, arguably the best player in the league, and he's done very well all of this season. I think another one that sticks out was um, was it Rafinha away at Leeds, mm. and he did very very well against him mm. as well. So um, I think you have to give him credit. He's you know he's immensely improved defensively this season, but you phrase it you phrase it well. He, he did regress slightly. Um, you know, it was just an off day for him. Really, he seemed very rushed. Um, from him, which was a little bit of a concern, particularly against a player like Albrighton, who you know actually had a very good game. But before the game, I would not have had him down as a player that was going to cause any problems. Mm. Um, so again, I thought Leicester were, were tactically spot on, so perhaps that you know played it to his advantage as well. But um, I think for particularly for the Arsenal game, I can see Marcel coming in for a couple of reasons. Um, one being that the the games are so close together and Aiden always played a lot of football. I can see Marcel starting that game. Another reason being that arguably Arsenal's the, the tougher of the two away games. Not necessarily because of the the squads, because I think they're fairly evenly matched. And obviously West Ham are doing slightly better. But I think as a as an atmosphere... And as, and as a ground, Arsenal's probably going to be a bit more. And on a, and on a night game, which I do, you know, it's a small thing, but I think that really does add to the the mm. context uh, mm. of the of the evening. I think um, that makes it you know a harder a harder fixture. I think so. I, I can see Marcel coming in for that game and probably Aitnoy coming back in for 
for West Ham. But, you know, Bruno throws up a few surprises every mm-hmm. now and then. So, uh, you know, we, we, we may see Johnny thrown back in. I think that's probably unlikely. Um, uh, but yeah. you never know. Uh, th- and three who, three who uh, you can wax lyrical about. Yeah, so there's two that stand out straight away, and then I'll give a mm-hmm. third that um, I'm, I hope you agree with. I think, you know, from what I've seen this morning, a fair few fans did agree with this one. So I, uh, I've got something right on the play ratings this time. So me and you both said after the game in our, in our video that uh, Ruben Nevers was, was man of the match. And I'm, I'm going to stick by that, but a player which I'll mention secondly, it came you know, very close for me as well, which a lot of fans were mentioning. But, but Ruben, first of all, up against, uh, I think, probably one of the best midfielders outside the traditional top six club, sorry, in, in Yuri Tielemans. I think him and Neves are probably the, the standout two, actually. Mm. Um, you, know, I think, you know, a couple of the players like Basuma, Bright, uh, Brighton come into the conversation. But also Neves and, and Tielemans, I think, are very similar players. Tielemans probably slightly more forward-thinking, um, but fairly similar in terms of size, stature, and, and I think particularly passing range and that kind of ability. Um, and it was a really good battle between the two of them. I thought Tielemans... Uh, actually probably edged it, um, if I'm honest. But from a Wolves' point of view, Neves, his his real awareness of danger is what's impressed me, particularly recently, actually, in the in, uh, last few months, not just in this game. Um, but he's, he's tracking, he's, he's tackling, everything's been very well-timed. He did pick up another yellow card, however. Um, and I can actually, someone tweeted me last night, so I had a quick look at it. Uh, he's on nine in the Premier League now. Um and if he gets one more before the thirty, well, before or during the thirty-second fixture, mm-hmm. then he gets a two-match ban. And Wolves only played twenty-four games. So, right. Okay. Um, I think we might need to uh, prepare for Neves missing two games fairly soon. Um, oh. I'd be very, very surprised if he, did, if he doesn't get one in the next what nine games, whatever it is, mm-hmm. eight games. Um, so, um, but yeah, I thought he, I thought he was very good. His passing range was excellent. Uh, you know, his goal was was. Standard really for what he, for what he does, um, and, and when he comes onto those, he sat up very nicely for him. It was a first time finish. When he comes onto those, they're the the bread and butter really for Ruben Neves finishes. So that was excellent. Um, player who ran in very close, and a few fans felt he probably should have been man of the match was Daniel Pedence. Again, a very good finish, but I think the positions he took was, was the word I can use to describe him was he was very intelligent. I felt, yeah, um, in his in his play, he, you know, he came in between the lines, dropped into space, picked up the ball, linked up with him and as fairly well, but probably not quite as well as we'd have we'd have hoped, or not quite as well at least uh, compared to the Spurs game recently. But um, but yeah, nonetheless, you know, Penes had a couple iffy games, and he's come back in now with two Spurs uh, and, and Leicester performances that I think have been very good. So to have him at at his height is uh, is important for Wolves, particularly when they were waiting for these players to come back, uh, fitness-wise. And um, the third player that I'd mention in this segment would be Roman Sice, actually, mm-hmm. who I thought was the standout defender for me. Um, it, all his aerial battles, I mean, I, I can't actually remember, and, and I'll have a look at the stats, but I can't remember him missing a single header. I like uh, or, it, I like or, it. Or, or losing a single uh, aerial duel or, or battle. Um, and that was key particularly in the second half and even as the second half wound down and and Leicester were throwing bodies and and balls into the box um he was you know he stood firm stood tall and uh and, and showed a bit of character I was, I was very impressed with Sice actually I thought he out of the three he'd have been my standout and Cody did fairly well but yeah Sice was, was the one for me yeah I mean we very rarely talk about Sice these days and and, and maybe and I think that's a good thing really because you know, he's solid every week. I mean, he's really come into this back three, and I, don't, I think many people, 
he was people's boo boy for a long time, actually. Say so, so the way he's turned around his Wolves career and being integral to, and I really hope that he signs this new contract because in and around the squad, he's absolutely superb. He's he's a breath of fresh air. He likes having a laugh and a joke. But I tell you what, when he when when he when he crosses that white line, he's absolutely sensational. And these three at the back, they've really got a connection together. You know, remember he's gone to Afcon, he's come back, he, he's he's slotted straight in there. Um, he's he's been sneakily, and he he won't get the praise that perhaps he he probably deserves. Sneakily, he's he's been one of Wolves' most reliable players for quite some time now. Exactly, and I think that's the the key. And, and you say we don't often talk about him too much, and I think it is a good thing. Um, now he might say differently. Maybe he wants a bit more plaudits, um, but there's always been that narrative around size, and, and most of it has been warranted. In fairness, that he's got a rick in him, he's got a mistake in him. Uh, and he has, you know, he's had a few shaky moments in a Wolves shirt over the seasons. This year, you can probably count on on two or three fingers the amount of times he's made any big errors. Um, and and similar with poor performances, actually, the consistency has been the key, I think, with uh, with uh, with Roman size. And also, he's, he's added some attacking threat. You know, he's got three goals this season. He's added a bit more uh, of that to his game. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been very quietly impressed with Rudy Roman actually and, and particularly from which was the same for probably all of the back five six including Jose Sarr probably from October onwards was when they really hit their stride um, and he was you know he, he you know he couldn't um, he couldn't really do anything wrong size and, and the, the timing of him going away to AFCON was, was disappointing you know obviously Totti Gomez came in did well um, but he's slotted back in again seamlessly, uh, and that little transition there—it might not seem a big deal—but coming up, you know, back from a tournament and coming back into playing and, and getting back into the stride that he was in for so long is actually more, you know, difficult to do than uh, than it seems. So he's he's done that seamlessly as well, which I, I think is uh, is credit to him. And yeah, not to not to be talking about him too much, although it might seem a bit harsh not giving him some praise, which obviously I'm doing now. But it's probably a good thing because of some of the errors he's had in the past and he's, yeah. and he's cut them out totally yeah I, I mean um, I, I'm going to have one, one, one last thing as well look he, he's I just think what an incredible piece of business to get him for half the price of Patricio but but Jose Sarr again you know crucial save at the end there unsighted um, a couple of really important saves actually right right at the death and those those are as good as as good as goals they really are uh, when you, when you and he's loving life, and you saw the interview with him. I don't know if you watched the interview with him earlier on um, to, with with TV, and he's he's absolutely um, thinks it's fantastic. Thinks the three in front of him are fantastic. He's got a smile on his face. This is just the character you kind of need. And I'm stunned, stunned, and, and look, maybe mainly because his predecessor, but to not have a Portuguese cap. I mean, everyone's mm. got a Portuguese cap. You've got a Portuguese <laughs> cap, Kino. If you if you in if you're in and around Wolves, so that's got to come sooner rather than later. I'm sure Patricio's you know final bow will be at the World Cup, but I mean to not even be the number two. Ah, oh, come on, come on. Um, and and it just shows defensive ranks this season: 17 goals conceded, which is first equal um, with uh, in in the Premier League. Uh, 17 goals conceded from open play, only 10 goals again first in the Premier League. Games conceded with two plus goals. Three, that's first in the Premier League. Conceded from set pieces this season, three, that's second in the Premier League. Conceded from corners, one, 
That's second in the Premier League. Conceded from headers, one. That's first in the Premier League. So it just shows this defensive unit is unbelievable. I mean, this is elite. This is better than Liverpool. This is better than Man City. This is better than Spurs, than Arsenal, than Chelsea. This is an incredible effort from this defence and Bruno Large. Amazing, really. Yeah, and the whole defensive unit deserves credit. But you've touched on Jose Sarno. I'll go into that. Um, you know, I, I interviewed him, what was it, about a month ago, I think now. And you can, even just, you know, speaking to him, it was over the phone, but you can you can tell the energy he gives off. And speaking to Connor Cody about him, you know, earlier this season, and he said exactly the same thing, that you know the, the character and, and the personality he's brought into the dressing room has been unrivaled, it's unbelievable. And you can, even just the little bits that, that Wolves put out, you know, the the little small social media tidbits they put out or the video that he, he's doing with you know, the, with the teammates, the Taskmaster videos. He's a proper character. He's lively in the dressing room. But not only is he, you know, it's all you know, nice and, and you know, having fun and games and being a, a big character, having a laugh with people, but they're not doing it on the pitch. But he's doing both. He's offering a hell of a lot off the field as well as on it. And on it, the biggest thing for me and the one word I used to describe him in the player ratings is the aggression. And I absolutely love it from a goalkeeper. That's, that's what I want. Because goalkeepers get away with a little bit more than, mm. than other players. Um, you know, he, he can come up and claim a ball and, and hit the deck. And most of the time he'll get a, a free kick. But Jose Sarr will fly through anyone who's in front of him to get to that ball. And it's something that Wolves have not had for the last few years. Rupert Patricio has been an excellent goalkeeper for his whole career. It was excellent for Wolves. And I've got to the point now where, on this form in this season, I have to say that Jose Sarr has been a upgrade on him, and I never ever thought I'd say that. Um, but he has been that good. I agree entirely. That good. I agree um, entirely. And, and going back to that aggression that, that I, I talk about, um, he, he's almost like a, a you know he flicks a switch because he's so, you know, personable off the field and so friendly and and chatty and has a laugh, and then he goes onto the field and he's like a madman. You know, I think I'm forgetting which game it was. It was fairly recent. I think it was Spurs, actually. Yeah, um, he comes through to punch a ball and just punches straight through Connor Cody's head mm. to get to that ball. And luckily, Connor's the kind of player who gets up anyway. But he goes straight through Connor to get to that ball. Last night again, Casper Schmeichel's up for a corner. Last minute, last seconds, the box is flooded with players. Casper Schmeichel's almost getting his head to this ball, and Jose Sarr comes through and smashes that ball right off his head and knocks Michael to the floor. The whole of the South Bank is up up on their feet, cheering him on. Now, they might not have scored from that chance, of course. It, you know, Nothing might have come of it. But the aggression, the willingness, he marshals that box totally, and he owns that box. And, and that, for me, has been the biggest thing, alongside smaller things like you know his distribution is very good. I think he's good with his feet. Mm-hmm. One error, obviously, against Spurs that, that um, didn't get punished, fortunately, which would have been bad. But... Overall, he's been an absolute revelation. I've been very, very impressed with him. And he's running a few of the players close for Wolves' player of the season. It's nice, actually, as a final point, to have probably two, three, four, maybe five players that could realistically be in the running for Wolves' player of the season rather than a standout netto from last year because it was such a, a drab season. It's nice to have a few players competing for it. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing, Liam. And you mentioned, you mentioned one certain person who uh, came off the bench to an incredible reception at Molyneux. I mean, Pedro Neto, when we saw him 
and Bruno kind of mentioned it in his press conference that he was he was ready to go, he was looking forward to it, that maybe we might see him on the bench at some point. It was great to see him on that team sheet, but I don't think anyone, anyone expected him to come on, let alone in the situation that Wolves were in. When they were winning the game and you've already got Huang on, for him to come on, and actually, I was looking back. I actually thought he was on longer than what it appeared. I mean, he was waiting. He was doing a Bruno Jordao on the on the touchdown. I think he was <laughs> chomping at the bit. He was waiting to come on for about five minutes. But when he did come on, I think eventually it was to to replace Pedence in about the 80th minute. So he was on the pitch for about about 15 minutes with um with injury time, Liam. And he he didn't look like he, he missed a beat. Like, and I know it's only 15 minutes, and I don't want to get carried away, but I am going to get carried away, Liam, because. <laughs> He was sensational. He was quick. He was powerful. He interlinked play. He gave Wolves a, a kind of almost like a, like a different gear to go into. Uh, and and he was confident. He looked like he he would he'd played last week. Not he'd been ten months out with a broken kneecap away at Fulham all those all those months, nearly a year nearly a year ago now. To come on and do that. I don't think anyone thought it. I mean, I thought honestly, I thought it was a token bench. I thought it was a token bench. Maybe he might get a few minutes, probably play a 23s game somewhere down the line and we might see him in two to three weeks' time, maybe make half an hour. But now, if you've got him fully fit and playing to that kind of a level, okay, look, he will need still building up. He's not going to come and start a game. He's not going to start at Arsenal on Thursday night. But then, then again, this is Pedro Neto, you know. He might not start on Thursday, but quick turnaround. I won't be surprised if you see him starting on Sunday and play 60 minutes or 55 minutes or something like that because this guy is a freak in a good way. He's young, he's talented, he's got a smile on his face and Wolves look a lot more threatening when he is on the pitch than when he isn't. I'll tell you what, I'll be, I'm not quite sure I subscribe to that, but a little bit, I don't think you'll see him start on Sunday. But Well, I'm just, I'm just um, saying I would not be surprised. That's what I hope I'm, I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he comes in. I hope he has a brilliant game, gets scores, gets an assist, whatever. But I just don't. I, don't, I think it might take a little bit longer. But everything else, yeah, exactly. He, he looks good to go, Liam. He looks good he, to go. He, he looked. He looked. He genuinely looked good. That was the biggest surprise. And we'll see it how he is... feels today. Now, how he feels today is <laughs> yeah, completely true. different because you know, obviously, all the all the exuberance and the kind of adrenaline and everything like that. And he hasn't played, you know, in a competitive game for a long time. So look, we'll we'll, we'll soon see. And yes. I think that I think the the realistic option is that he will be after this international break that's coming up. That's when we'll see Pedro Neto ready to start a game of football, and I think that's the likelihood. What I'm just saying is that this guy continues to defy everything that's that's thrown at him, and you're thinking really poor conditions, swirling wind, te- you know, soaking pitch, two one up. I'm not. I'm not bringing on a potentially injured player to injure him further. You know what I mean? Or or someone who's got to be gradually brought back. And yet, he just—it was just naturally. He's looking to looking to lob the keeper with Schmeichel's running back. He's looking to score forty-five yards out to finish off the game. I mean, that's just the confidence of the guy. It would have been amazing if that if that had gone in, wouldn't it? It would have been so good. Um, confidence is the key word. Is exactly what I was going to use just then. That you know, we all knew he was a you know he's a big character, similar to Jose Sarr. You know, he, he does these you know these things with Sky and having a laugh with Cody, and it's it's all very nice and all that. But you have to do it on the pitch as well. Um, and he is that big, confident character. But even I didn't expect how confident he looked on the field. because you'd The level of it. performance. Exactly. You'd expect, and he'd be forgiven as well for a little bit of trepidation. Absolutely. You know? He's coming back in off, of, off a, an awkward, a rare, 
and a, a serious injury. And he's coming back in, and now you know the the odds of of anything you know happening to him again is, is obviously is low. But you have to have that that concern, that worry coming back in. And he came in like there was no care in the world. The first thing he did within the first couple of minutes is race back and stole the ball off a Leicester player deep in Wolves' half and carried the whole team forward, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 yards at the other end of the field and into the final third of, of Leicester. And that was just set, set the tone really for his 15 minutes on the pitch, which you're right, it seems a lot longer when he was on there, um, probably because Wolves were hanging on to a lead. But um, the confidence was the, was the biggest thing for me. The sticking point, or the standout point, sorry, was that he just looked so at ease and at home back on the field. And I'm sure he's probably, you know, he probably was knackered afterwards and he needs a bit of time. He's going to take time to get back into his stride. But um, it, it's a massive plus for him as a player, but for Wolves. Because bringing a player like him in, it, it's a massive cliche, and I know everyone always says it, but it is like a new signer because he, he's that good a player. Well, bringing look, him back in and getting him back on the field is, is a massive plus for Wolves. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, um, you know... Uh... Give too much, uh, give too much to, to personal calls that you're taking, Liam, from time to time uh, after after games, and maybe you can't tell us too much because there'll be some articles on the way. But I heard a, a young man did call you um, on your on your way back yesterday after the game um, uh, from from Wolverhampton Wanderers. Can you divulge? Maybe give us a little little tidbit of that conversation and, and who that may have been. <laughs> well, um, of course, embargoes are going to uh, are going to stop me from giving too much away. But oh, yeah, come on, just a little tiny no, squeeze. I, 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 even I would not just respect. My or maybe just the tone of the that. conversation. Maybe well, maybe the exuberance. You can do I, it without going, you know, overboard. Maybe give you a little, a couple of topics without telling oh, you exactly what he said. But okay. um, so well, yes, who, who was this mystery man? <laughs> mystery mystery man or lady? Well, it wasn't a lady, I'm afraid. Uh, the missus uh, is okay then. She's okay. She's sad okay. news for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you will see uh, a bit later tonight, um, and then perhaps you know another another piece uh, tomorrow or, oh. or or very soon. Oh. Um, that we uh, well, I uh, was oh. very fortunate to speak to Mr. Pedro Neto. Ah, straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, it's my first time interviewing him. I've always, you know, I've watched and read plenty of his interviews over the years, and and to you know give him the credit he deserves and and, um, and everything. He he's always been very good value in, in interviews, whether they're videos or, or reading. You can tell he's um, for a young lad as well. It's not uh, in football. You don't always get young players that are particularly engaging um, from interviews. Some whether they've got media training or not either because they don't enjoy it or because they're a little bit nervous or, or whatever it is. And I know Pedro's been in the, the limelight of Wolves for a couple of years, but he's still only 21. I think in a couple of weeks or so he turns 22. And he's still a very young lad, um, but he was great value. He was really, really good. And um, yeah, so you'll, you'll see some uh, some stuff definitely later tonight and then I think uh, probably tomorrow night or uh, or sometime soon we'll um, we'll have some, some Pedro stuff out. And yeah, of course, you know, all the expected topics, his comeback... His uh, his injury, you know, how what it was like for him, getting over that and uh, and working his way back and and yeah, he was great value. Um, so yeah, it was it was a pleasure, yeah, pleasure to speak to him for the first time and um, and get an insight that uh, hopefully Wolves fans will enjoy. How does he feel in himself, confidence wise? Would you say, Liam? Without again, without giving too much away. Oh, come uh... on, I'm pushing you here. Come on, <laughs> this is what a good little reporter's got to do. He's got to push your buttons. Know, come on. Um, I'll. I'll... Put it this way, so that I don't you know give away any of his words or phrasing. I'll mm. say that um, the way I've just described him, 
on the field and how I interpreted or perceived it um, in, in the sense that he, he's very confident, seems happy and feels good in himself is pretty much how we how he's feeling. I'll put it that way. You know, um, okay. yeah, he's uh, he feels good. Okay, should I ask you some more questions or not? Definitely not, because I can't. <laughs> I'm not, I do not want to. You know, I do not want to give oh, away this embargo brilliant, anymore. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, I, I did say I did say last week that we don't really script these episodes too much. I do have notes uh, in front of me, but I don't really tell the other person at the other end what they are because I think that's good. You know, I think I think sometimes when people you know know exactly what's coming, uh, then then it's a little bit it's a little bit staccato. And, and uh, so I like to throw I like to throw a few curveballs, uh, Kino. So I'm sure you'll be you'll be um, lamenting me after we finish this podcast. But hey, I don't really care. No, you know really what? Care. I was actually gonna, I was going to I was actually going to mention that I've spoken to. I just wasn't maybe going to okay. you know give away as much as uh, as you've uh, as you've forced my hand. So so start starting against West Ham, yeah. God, well, you know what? It'd be nice, but nah, I can't <laughs> see it. I can't <laughs> see it. Look, and just just on a wider topic, Liam. Uh, before we take questions, uh, is I guess the, the wingers now, you know, we saw Huang come on as well. I thought he did fine. Huang actually thought thought he, he definitely gave something. You've got Pedence who's who's fit and firing and, and looking great. Man of the match, Sky's man of the match. And um, really linking it well. And it's probably, I would say, out of all the wingers, probably the one who's, who's definitely starting uh, most games at this moment in time alongside Raul. So, so they played three in midfield yesterday and they, and they played Pedence and, and, and Jimenez up top. I think we'll see three at some point, especially with you know the good news with Neto. But whether it's Huang and Pedence or Neto and Pedence or, or, or a combination of, of those three, who do you think now is... Um, what First of all, what do you think is the best formation that Wolves play? Or do you think it's a horses for courses? And also, from a, from a winger's point of view, it doesn't look great for Trincao, does it? Because, you know, you've got, you've got Neto now who came on ahead of him. You've got Huang who's fit now. You've got Pedent. So if they're playing two up front, obviously it's going to be Raul and one other. If you're playing three up front, for me it's going to be Raul, Pedence, and one of Neto and Huang. So you know, for a guy in in Trincao who has hasn't done great this year, let's be honest, he's been disappointing. Uh, for a twenty-five million pound offer to be on the table if they want to buy him, I can't see you know between now and the end of the season, 12, 13 games, him getting a look in. And so, even if he plays maybe a handful of games, maybe one or two or three, is that going to be enough to persuade the hierarchy that they want to spend that kind of money on Trincao? I'm not so sure. I think maybe we maybe we might have seen, um, I'm not saying the last of him, but the, the, the last of him for a run in the side. And if, if they did, you know, maybe that, Ars- that, that Arsenal game at home was, was maybe the last chance saloon for him. Mm. Uh, ju- just on the formations first, mm. I, um, I, think, I think it's a bit of... You know, de- depending on the the tactics and the opposition, I think we'll see both formations really. And at the moment, Wolves are probably playing their best football in a in a. I'd say yeah, probably the the three five two, which I didn't actually expect to say because I thought that the three up top was probably better in previous months. But right now, that's probably where they're playing their best football, um, and that suits Dendonga better as well. Now you've got Moutinho back in, you can afford I think to go back to a two with Moutinho and Neves, and then play. An extra winger. Um, so tactically, I think um, it will change really between those two systems. And then on Trincao, um, I, I, I agree, but I'm going to give an alternative view here that um, I think potentially Bruno may see it slightly differently. So I, I agree that really on form, I don't think you can pick him over certainly Pedence, who for me is the is the first name 
on the team sheet alongside Raul in current form and then either Huang or, or Neto. I think I don't think you can pick Trincao above any of those right now. For form, for even history really, because obviously of course what Neto's done for Wolves in the in the past and and, and his cameo last night that was very good. It's very difficult to pick Trincao. However, you you look at I know we didn't come on last night, but you look at what Bruno thinks of Trincao and what he offers tactically. He's he describes him as the the own well the the best wing he's got that can play like a third midfielder, which is the other way around of doing Dendonka playing as a, a hybrid midfielder slash winger. Um and he drops into those spaces better than, than any other player or any other winger does. I can see now I'll be hard pressed to tell you which game it will be, but I can certainly see one of the upcoming games where Trinko actually starts. Purely for that reason. I'd even be potentially tempted to say uh, to say Arsenal, but I think he might drop into three midfield there. But um I, I do you feel time's running out for him, Liam? Do you feel time's running out for him? It is, without a doubt. Because you can't sign him now. Like oh. let's let's say the season ended tomorrow. You cannot sign him, and and whether that's a whether that's a cash deal, whether that's some kind of um, situation with a swap deal with Adama Traore, which for me, I, I, I would be frustrated if that happened. You know, I mean, we all, I think we all believe that that, that Barcelona won't be looking to pay twenty nine million pounds up top to to Wolves. We've discussed that at length, I think, on a previous podcast. But there will be some kind of a swap deal that I think will be will be negotiated. But if I'm Wolverhampton Wanderers and I've got twenty five million pounds to spend in the summer, plus plus some, hopefully. I don't think Francisco Trincao would be the best way of of, of using that money. And I, I, right now, I have to agree. You know, if the, if the season ends tomorrow, and um, yeah, I, I don't think you can. I don't think you can spend that money or do that swap or whatever the deal might be. He fits the bill, though, in a, in a young, talented player coming from a big club who's got who who who. If he does do well, then his 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 you know his. Um, his monetary amount, his you know his his fee is going to be a lot bigger. You know, sell and sell to buy or buy to sell, and and you know if he does have a couple of good seasons, and they're going to make money on him. So from that point of view, from the Fosun point of view of buying players, I guess he kind of does work, and I and I get that, and I get that people say, well, if it's a swap deal and you've got someone who's going to sign you know four year deal as a youngster, and you've got a Triore who's maybe you know you know he was he was going after after one more year, but I, I don't I don't see it like that. I, I look at the players. Rather than the contracts, and and I feel that at this moment in time, and look, happy to be proved wrong. I think he splits opinion, Francisco Trincao. For me, he has not done enough at this moment in time for him to warrant a twenty-five million pound permanent move to Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, and like I say, I would argue that time is running out rapidly for him. There's no cups anymore. You're looking at the league. You're looking at really Bruno plays. I mean. Talk about you know moving it around in in the past, but Wolves are going to have to if they fit, if they get a formula and they're winning games, why change it? Because you know these 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 next twelve thirteen games could define a season. This mm. could be the difference between Champions League football, Europa League football, Europa Conference League football, or no European football whatsoever. And we talk about players who potentially will will be you know and, and clubs will be after our best players in the summer the likes of Max Kilman the likes of Ruben Neves if they can't offer European football in this season then I'm sorry if we've got to give a person a game here or a game there trying to see if we can, if if they're worth their the you know worth pursuing in the summer I think you've just got to move that to the side and you've got mm. to go with your best team to win the games I yeah I you know that winning the formula you talk about you are right but I, I might be proven wrong here, but I don't feel that is necessarily how Bruno is going to approach it. Mm. 
now there will there will be elements of that within the starting lineups because you know the back three and the goalkeeper are probably barring any suspensions or injuries are probably not going to get changed. No, Neves is probably going to play. You know, yeah. those those can't be Semedo, for example. So, um, yeah, there is an element of it there, but I really see the wingers in particular and the additional option of a midfielder or the combination of midfielders as the tactical catalyst that Bruno will will make changes in. And I can really genuinely see Trincao getting some games between now and the end of the season. Uh, and if he does, it, he has to turn it on. Now, there's, you know, there's only so long he can say a player's getting used to a new country in English football, etc. And I think we're beyond that point now with him, really. He, he just hasn't done enough so far. Um, and you're right, he... You, know, you must be listening to my... Uh, you, you've got some sort of uh, knowledge straight into my brain because I was about to say exactly the same thing, that he fits He fits the bill, doesn't he? Age, mm. profile of a player, uh, you know, I was about to say nationality. Wolves don't only sign Portuguese players, but of course that is, um, you know, a, a running theme as well. And he, fit, he fits the bill. But another player that fits the bill last year in the same style that Trincao does, although in a different position, was Vitinha. And he didn't get signed permanently, so I don't think it's cut and dry that Wolves are necessarily going to take him on, and they're going to. And, and, uh, and for me, but, quite rightly, to be honest, yeah. I know people still rave about him and they see him, you know, doing well, get a player, you know, um, play with a week or play the month. I, I couldn't have signed him, could you? Oh, Vitinha, you mean? Mm. Yeah, from what we saw in a, in a, in a Wolves shirt, no. Some people would argue that in this system now, or even like a Morgan Gibbs White is on loan now, would work in the system that. Or the position yeah. that Dendonka's playing yeah. in, which I can see that argument. Definitely, I can see that argument. Um, but no, I think from what we saw in a Wolfshire, maybe he didn't get enough opportunities. Trincao's definitely had more opportunities than Vitinha did, I would argue. But um, from what I saw, no, I, I wouldn't have signed him. And, and it's the same really for Trincao right now, unless he does anything drastically different in these, in these next few months up until May. Um, I wouldn't do. So I don't think it's cut and dry that Wolves are going to take him on simply because he's, you know, he fits a. A model in terms of uh, the type of player they bring in, and he might, you know, they might be able to sell him on for a bit. I, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. Um, but at the same time, I, I think Bruno quite likes him. Um, now we might then, that narrative might change in these next few weeks with with Neto uh, coming back, and if Trincao doesn't play, let's say he doesn't play any games or plays you know, minimal minutes between now and mid March or end of March, perhaps then it might start to feel like he is on his way out. Um, but at the moment, I think, albeit he didn't play last night, I think Bruno does like him, does like what he can offer. He's just got to try and get the best out of him. OK. Um, should we take some questions from the beautiful people? Let's do it. OK, a quick one from our sponsors first, though. Adoption at Heart. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services from the City of Wolverhampton Council, Warsaw Council, Dudley Borough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust. And it's encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step the Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey and to find out more, why not book on our next virtual information event? Visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates or to book your place, call 01902 one eight, right? Racing through these questions. Are you ready? Less than forty seconds for each answer. I'll, I'll, I'll do thirty for you. Oh, I love it. Can you do it though? You say that, and then your first <laughs> question go on for four minutes, man. Yeah, but you know I like to sound my own voice, so sometimes I go on a bit. 
Paul Mansell, is it fair to say we won't be uh, there won't be any contract updates on the likes of Saïs until the end of the season now, or would you not rule out a surprise announcement during the next couple of months? Yeah, I, mean, I don't think you can ever rule anything out. Um, but I've, I've chased you know updates on on all those players uh, fairly recently, and at the moment there's there's nothing, there's no movement. So that's uh, the four players of or senior players that is uh, Ruddy, Marcel, Saïs, and Moutinho. Um, I think I would probably. I'd, I'd, I'd probably give deals to all of them actually as a, as, as backups with particularly Marcel and, uh, and Rudy but yeah um, yeah nothing at the moment Alright well uh, Mike Allen kind of on, the, on, on, on that kind of subject says if we're in the top six in Europe next season will we look to replace five foot seven of football heaven with a couple of megastars or a couple of 19 year old prospects <sighs> Tough to say I mean I, I think could you, could you sign Moutinho for another year I mean highest paid player of the club uh, would he be? Would that? Would that be a sound finan- financial decision? Would you say? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Provided, yeah. provided there's probably another, at least one midfield signing coming in, mm-hmm. uh, then I would say so. Okay. Uh, if we get into Europe this season, says Amar, will Fosun invest in the summer without selling? Also, if we get into Europe, will Nathan be classed as a glory hunter? Incredible. Uh, uh, Amar. Yes, was, he will. I started with Tim Nash in the Kenny Jacket days where it was absolute bilge. It was awful. <laughs> it was only the second season when I was in when I was in um I was in Cork and Ireland and, and Kenny was there taking training and they just you know, drew nil nil with Cork City and Connor Cody had had, had captained a, a a bunch of second string kids while the first team looked on and watched when when we got the call saying there might have been a takeover with me and Mr Spears there on his debut um on his debut covering Wolves. So look I, I was I was there during the tough times. Uh, and look, it's been it's been an incredible roller coaster ride ever since. Well, I say roller coaster ride. It's kind of like uh, it's just up and up and up and up. But uh, you know, it's just it's just right place, right time. I think. And aren't you lucky to have it? Uh, yeah, that's one way of putting it. <laughs> uh, to, to answer the actual question, yes. um, yeah, there's not. Um, yeah, there's not going to be a uh, you know a lack of. Funds or a, uh, a, ne- a you know a direct necessity to to sell a player like Neves, for example, to bring in to bring players in. We all know how they work, and it's gonna it has to be the right deal, the right player. I don't think they're gonna. I, if I'm honest, I don't think they'll go out and you know they're not gonna go out and splash two hundred million on, on on a load of players. But um, I think there's there's more of a chance that you you know you'll see you'll, you know a good two or three come in alone or so mixed in with it. Um, of course, Wang will be permanent, so that isn't alone anymore. Trincao depends what happens with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can see it being busier than than last summer. Certainly, uh, you know, there's less um, less need to be creative, is the way they put it from from this summer. Well, it's fine. A lot of people asking this: What do we do with Morgan Gibbs White in the summer? Sell or keep? Yeah, it's a it's a really tough one. That um, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. I I edge towards keep. Because I don't think he's really had a sustained season in the Premier League where uh, where he has a real opportunity, and I think under Bruno he could his system could work. Bruno wanted to keep him. Don't let's not forget that he wanted to keep him originally when he went out on loan in uh, in the summer. So uh, yeah, I I would edge towards keep. Yeah, two goals for Sheffield United and an assist again. I think that's yeah. something for the season. Five assists and look, it is the Championship, but at the same time, look, you can only play what's ahead of you, and he's he's obviously matured very very well. I would honestly, hand on heart, I would edge towards sell. But again, very, very close. It depends kind of what the money's involved. Um, I think he's a very saleable asset for Wolves. Now, if he's not in the first team plans, I want to say the first team plans, I'm talking about knocking on the door to start next season. I mean, he's not, he's not 
Oh, well, by any means. I mean, he's still, he's still, he's still a young lad, but he'll want to play consistent football. He doesn't want to be sat on the bench all season. And realistically, if Morgan White is in the starting lineup next season for for um, for game week one, I'd be surprised. I'd yeah, be surprised. So, I understand that. So you've got to look at it. And look, it might be it might be a case of Morgan coming in and saying, maybe trying to force a move and say, look, I want to be starting every week. Gaffer, if you can't give me it, then I want someone who's going to do it. And like you say, he's a very saleable asset. They've done very well on the, on the contract extensions. They're going to get a lot of money for him, I think, because there will always be clubs, whether it's in the Championship, who knows that he can be the key to getting them into the Premier League, or Premier League clubs, uh, maybe lower Premier League clubs, who will be like, look, I, I need this kid because not only is he is he you know is, is he going to increase and get better and better and better with with time and game time, but he's also when he when he comes to the end of that contract, a two, three, four year contract, probably a three or four year contract, he's going to sign, isn't he? He's still going to be very saleable asset so he's a very attractive package for Wolves I'm in a good position regardless how much do you get from him if you sell him ah good question I'm going to say how old is he now uh 21 I think you're looking at I think you're looking around 13 Ah, oh, 22 you turn 22 in end of January I think you're looking at I mean look he hasn't done it in the Premier League so I think that's the only that's the only mark off him, but I think you know from a, from a, for the money that's kicking around these days, I think you're looking between ten and fifteen million quid someone will spend on him. Yeah, I think I think you can go higher. I think you go fifteen. Okay. I think you okay. go higher end of that spectrum. Right. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a good. One. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep tabs of that because I remember you uh, ripping me a new one back in November saying that. Well, like I said in potentially end of the season depends on how he does on Sheffield United. Wolves could get twenty million for him. Yeah, but he hadn't done anything at that time. Now he's scoring goals. Oh, now, sorry, sorry. You, you, I think he went from about seven, eight million, and now you're you're up to fifteen. So maybe you know. I'm not. Um, I said ten to fifteen. So, so maybe I, I said was ten right. to fifteen. Maybe you're 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 creeping closer towards my valuation. Oh, interesting. Twenty million quid for Morgan White. I'm telling you. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, I'll be I've been dancing around Molly naked again. Right now, one of these bets. Uh, Lard Windwater says Jose Sarr never seems to do the warm up is this normal for keepers or is he just born ready yeah you know what I think I might ask something on that get get uh, the get, soon, get, get, get a goalkeeping coach out there it's, it, it, it is an interesting one isn't it it is interesting cause it, it, it's pretty much it might be every single week but I'm trying to because obviously I don't always look for it or sometimes I'm not always sat out there to, to <laughs> if you see can the, get away the with warm up but, if you but can get he, away with it and have a couple of nice biscuits a, 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 a couple of nice biscuits a couple of, couple of uh Chocolate digestives and a coffee, and then come out later on in yeah. that rain. I mean, I'd be inside as well. Well, he, he stayed in the warm for quite a while, didn't he? Against uh, <laughs> last night, he comes out probably, I don't know, 15 minutes before kickoff, maybe 20, and comes out and does maybe five, 10 minutes and goes back in again with the team. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, if, if it works for him, it works for him. You know, he's not he's not doing anything wrong on the pitch, so keep going. <laughs> Sam says, easy jet or BA to Istanbul next year? Well, um, I mean, you would obviously say BA out of those two, but you know, yeah, I, I've got miles, mate. I'll be flying business, but I'll get, I'll get you an easy jet flight. It's fine. You can queue up. It's fine. Just get at the back, back middle seat for you. Yeah. Well, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I'm you know more of a you know man of the people. So uh, yeah, I'll go out there and um, I'll slum it with my people. You can you know you, you eat your caviar and drink your champagne. 
Uh, no, I'm not doing caviar, mate. Overrated, to be fair. I'll do oysters, though. Uh, Wayne Mackay <laughs> says, uh, I'm not going to ask any, any question this week because every poddy I send in a question and it never gets answered, so it's pointless. Oh, mate, Wayne, this was your big opportunity. What's happened? Oh, dear. You're welcome. Uh, you're welcome. Daniel Patrick says, did the question of whether... Co- I'm in a feisty mood today, OK? I've got a broken laptop. Uh, did, da- did Daniel Patrick uh, says, uh, did the question of whether Conor Ronan has a future at the club get answered? Well, no, it didn't, but... Um, no, I don't think it did. Oh, I'm going to just say a flat no. My, my answer would be the same, though. I no, my answer would be the he's, same. He's, yeah. doing, he's doing very, very well in Scotland, but um, for me, it's, it's, um, it's, he hasn't got a future at Wolverhampton Wanderers, has he? No, I think he, I'm trying to think now. Is he 24 now? Mm. I think. Um, yeah, I can't see it. He's, he, yeah, he's doing very well in Scotland. He's done well at, on other loans as well. But I don't think. Um, yeah, it's not. It's nowhere near Premier League level. A few people asking about the Premier League table. Look, there is a big gap now between eighth and ninth. A massive gap. It's you know it's beginning to look a lot like, and I'm, I'm not going to say Christmas, but it's going to begin to look a lot like it's going to be seven out of these top eight, isn't it? One team's going to miss out. More and more, when you look at that table yeah. now, look at that table now. And what we'll, I was going to, I was going to discuss it a little bit longer at length, but we, we we're running out of time, so we'll we'll come back onto it, and maybe things will start to take shape after after Sunday's game. But look, um, Wolves have played one game less than Brighton and are nine points ahead of them in ninth. So I'm looking at the top eight now as the top eight, and yeah, you're looking you, at one. Ma- your maths are a little bit off there. What's that? They're not nine points ahead of them, they're seven points ahead of them. Sorry, seven points ahead of them with a game in hand. <laughs> so seven points ahead of them with a game in hand. I can't see Brighton. I mean, look, they've just got to be 3-0 at home to Burnley, was it, on uh, on Saturday? Yes, Brian is. Brian Hobarby will not finish with Wolverhampton Wanderers. For me, it's the top eight as it, as it stands. So you're looking at one of Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man, Man United, West Ham, Arsenal, Wolves and Tottenham to miss out on European football next season. I know it's not as simple as that, but that's why I'm seeing it. I'm simplifying it now. Now, if you if you spoke to the national media, there's only seven teams in that list anyway. I don't know who the other team is who plays in uh, what is it that orange thing? Is it orange or yellow? Is it? Well. Don't know what's that black the black lurger that doesn't that doesn't fit the narrative. Um, but look, if, if it is down to that, then it, it could be massive. It could be a massive end of the season, and um, we'll, we'll we'll discuss the running. I think in a bit more depth after we've got these uh, these next two games out of the way. Maybe that's one for. For next week's podcast, but it is um, it is exciting. It's who, who can hold their nerve? Who can hold their nerve? Hold the nerve is. I think that's that's exactly it. Um, you talk about the the narrative. Actually, it's quite funny. I, I did see a tweet from Matt Murray this morning. I, I've not listened to it yet, but um, he tagged. You can't listen sport. to tweets, mate. You can't listen to tweets. No, I'm about to say I'm about to oh, say. Okay. He uh, he was on Talk Sport this morning, and he, and he did a tweet tagging them saying uh, it would have been nice to be on to be on for longer to talk about Wolves. So um, I think they've got they've got him in for a flying visit and, <laughs> and then shafted him. Um, and look, I think I, I actually fans were responding to to Matt Murray saying this, and and I think we'll carry on saying it as well. Wolves will be happy to go under the radar. I think most fans will be as well. I certainly am. I'm happy to 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 keep covering the club myself with the the few people that um, that are there every single week and let you know let everyone else just rock up and. Uh, and do it whenever you know, whenever it suits. And um, it's uh, you know, let wolves go quietly do their business. And don't, you know, no one needs to talk about that. It's fine. But you're totally right. It's going to be one of this this top eight that miss out, unless a team outside of that top uh, six wins the FA Cup. But mm. I think that's probably unlikely. No, I mean, so um... we're looking at top seven, I think, aren't we? And um, 
and yeah, the, the the gap there that's opened up with Brighton is um, is nice actually because it just gives Wolves a little bit of a buffer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'll just keep coming back to saying this same phrase over and over again. They're in a, an excellent position. They're in a very strong position. They are technically the underdogs, but they're chasing. You'd rather them be chasing than be arguably be where West Ham are. I know they're only West Ham are only two points ahead of Wolves right now, but you don't want them to be. And they've got they play two games more actually, but you don't want to be the one being chased. You don't want to be the the hunted. You want to be the hunter. I think uh, until you get towards the, the the latter stage of the season. A few people nervous uh, saying that um, uh, Chelsea are putting a bid in for Max Kilman. I mean, it's the easiest story in the world. There's a Chelsea scout there apparently looking at Max Kilman, and all of a sudden there's a breaking talk spot news saying Chelsea are going to put a bid in for Max Kilman in the summer. And it doesn't take a genius to work it out, does it? Goodness me. But anyway, um, Max Kilman, how much would you sell him for if, if you would sell him? I mean, look, if, if, Harry, if Harry McGrath's worth £85 million, pounds, then how much is Max Kilman worth? That's a good point. You know, um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of comparisons with uh, Ben White. Um, they're the same age. Kilman and mm. White. I think White's actually a very good player, mm. um, and he's probably slightly ahead of Max in terms of his, you know his development and his experience. He's played more games. He's he, you know he's been there and done it. He's obviously at a club like Arsenal now, um, but Arsenal paid fifty million to get him from from Brighton, mm. and I can't see Wolves accepting much less than that. At the moment. No, no. Uh, I think that's probably about right if if you're going to let him go at the end of this season. But remember as well, he's, he's under contract till twenty. 26, I believe. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, you're, you're laughing, and I'm sure Max yeah. Kilman will. I'm positive they'll be um, they'll be throwing new contracts at him left, right, and centre. I'm sure um, the more he plays uh, on increased money. Uh, last last one. Then Zach says after having a full bench yesterday for a change, which is unbelievable, and we still have the likes of Hoover, Muscara, and Bolly not in the 18 at all. Who out of them and on the bench do you fear would this might be the last season for them, and they won't be here for next year? Who out of the bench it might be the last season? I could. It's a tough one. I could see a player like Trincao. Well, yeah, I mean that's the obvious one. I could see, I could see potentially a player like Marcel mm-hmm. not staying on with him being out mm-hmm. of contract. Johnny, Johnny coming Smith. back. Yeah, Aitno he's done very well this year. Mm-hmm. The only thing that would swing it for him to maybe get another year is if Wolves do get Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a player who's played Champions League football with Leon. He's very experienced. Yeah. So I could see that. Europe, Carabao, FA Cup, exactly. league. You do. You, you've got to have a squad. If and he, and he, you know, he's versatile. He can play a couple mm-hmm. positions. I, I could see. I can see him staying, but. I equally can see the, the possibility of him, of him moving on and he's probably not earning a small amount either so if he does leave it may open up a, you know, but like a you say, financial room mould away on a, on a Thursday night and, and you know you're 2-0 up he's probably starting isn't he well yeah exactly that's a good point so I can see it going either way but of the bench players that are there aside from Trink I'll probably say him um Thanks, questions, peeps. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, very, very, very quickly. Um, very quick preview to Arsenal. First of all, I'll just ask you some questions. Um, changes, do you think it'll be do you think it'll be three in midfield or do you think it'll be uh, three up top? It's a great question because mm-hmm. I'm trying to quickly get up in front of me before you say anything uh, more. What formation was playing against Arsenal the other day? Uh, the other week? Uh, it was... Okay, I thought it was. It was the three up top. Um... I would be shocked if they... Well, one, because it didn't work at home against Arsenal in that formation, and then they changed it and played the three midfield and one against Spurs. But also, with it being an away game, difficult place to go, and a night game, I'd be shocked if he doesn't play uh, the 3-5-2. I would be really surprised. I, could, I think that's pretty much nailed on. With Pedence and Raul again, and then you're looking yeah. at Huang and... Huang and um... 
And Neto off the bench. Bang on, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of you know uh, outliers to, to that theory that they played three up top away at Man United. Again, it was a tactical decision. They felt that the spaces were going to be out wide and they and Trinko actually had a very good game or particularly very good first half that day. Mm-hmm. So there could be scope to change it. But having you know, seen how Arsenal line up, they're unlikely to change how they line up. And uh, yeah, I would be shocked if... Cause I didn't think it worked at home playing that those, that front three. I'd be shocked if they don't play through midfield again. And the last, the last couple of questions there. I know he keeps his place. Uh... I personally probably would just about play him, yes, but I think Marcel will play. Oh, OK. Uh, and, and prediction, because uh, obviously uh, you, you, you crashed and burned yesterday, so last one. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'll go first. I'm going to say it's going to be 1-1. Oh. OK, I'll go 2-2. Two, 2-2, two. Two, two. OK, Desmond. Desmond, let's try and give our uh, <laughs> first... That's good. Heard, yeah, heard I've heard before, that plenty of times, but even oh, okay. every time you say it, it still makes me laugh. I don't it's, know why. Uh, it's Wolves against Arsenal. Me and Mr. Kino will be at the Emirates on Thursday night. Looking forward to it. At least I know it's Thursday this time and not not, not Saturday 3 o'clock kickoff like it was at Leicester. Goodness <laughs> me. I was all over the shop there. 4.30 on a Sunday. I don't know. You'll, um, be, you'll be there on Tuesday night. I'll the be there. Thinking, well, I'm there tonight if you want. The game's at <laughs> the Ritz everyone. next door, then I'm there, mate. Uh, right, for me and Liam, I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast and uh, we'll, we'll speak to you next week. Hopefully, hopefully, you never know. On the back of another two wins, we shall see. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.